tell you, gentlemen, science has agreed that unless something is done and done quickly, man as the dominant species of life on Earth will be extinct within a year. Welcome back to The Bloody Pit for a very short, well, he says short, but the last time I said short episode, it turned into one longer than I thought it was going to be. But I promise you, this one's going to be short. Really, look at the time code. You know more than I do at this point. A short episode on emails for the show, mainly because we've got this little lull here in episodes about actual specific movies. And so what I'm trying to do here is... uh, Give us a little stop gap, put something out there that actually has some content that won't interfere with other episodes of the show, uh, as if anybody could really think about think about any of this interfering with any of the topics that we bring up on this show. Nevertheless, Troy and I, hello, Troy, how are you doing today? Hey, I'm Troy Gwynn. Troy Gwynn is here because yeah. um, <clears throat> I, I begged him. No, uh, the <laughs> was it begging? He wasn't begging. Essentially, we are uh, separate sides of the city. It's almost as if we're. Uh, it's almost as if COVID has returned. We're not in the same room. What has happened to us? We're not. I'm just seeing a black computer screen with the big letter, the the epitaph Rodney Barnett in big white letters on the. It's showing up. It's it's better than staring at my face. You've got to admit that. <laughs> Nevertheless, you said it. Yeah. <laughs> yes, precisely. So. The reason we have joined ourselves here is that we had uh, we had two or three emails, and we also had a voicemail message. But it turns out the voicemail message is so badly recorded and so unintelligible that we're going to have to just kind of uh, basically uh, basically give you the gist of what it was basically about, because I think it will cause a little bit of conversation between Troy and myself. But we are going to go through a few emails that we've gotten our hands on here in the in the past couple of months, answer a few questions and uh, discuss a few things that are brought up by these. I'll start off with the oldest one first. This is from Darth Perkins, uh, a regular contributor to my uh, my email box. He says, uh, Cashing in on my newfound fame and fortune as the Bloody Pits overseas correspondent, I bought myself a PlayStation 5. But what has this exceptionally vulgar display of wealth and power got to do with me? Rod asked himself. Well... Due to my extremist views on ducks, I have a worldwide social media ban. So what? So I couldn't contact the Wild Wild Podcast on the Twitter. <laughs> I still be confuzzled, Rod exclaims, scratching his head. Well, luckily Darth explains. The subject of 4K players came up, and much to my surprise, the PS5 turned out to be a multi-region Blu-ray player and... A 4K UHD player, which, at the moment, makes it a reasonably cheap option. That's bidding. Yeah, yeah, I know. You have to have a decent television slash monitor capable of compatible output, but I think most people have that nowadays. Now, I'll stop right there uh-huh. before we go on and just point out that uh, I have not priced 4K players because I am not in the market for one, even though I do kind of accidentally own a couple of them. Um I, I I don't know. Do, do we have any idea what the prices on these things tend to be? I not no. I wouldn't. I mean, I, it's like all it's like all the players. I mean, they come down more and more. You know, as they go on. You know, as they get on the market. You know, you can find the you know good deals. You can always find refurbished ones too. You know, yeah. Pretty, you know, wow, I'm seeing a wide range of prices just in general. I'm seeing everything <laughs> from like eighty bucks to two hundred twenty-five bucks. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, there's also some people may want like the 3D capabilities and that sort of stuff, you know, so, so uh, that they still probably, do that. I guess. I mean, I know that was kind of a craze there for a while where everything was 3D and enhanced and, um, but I'm not really sure if that's a, uh, what the prices of those are. Wow. Okay. Here's a 400 and here's a $400 one. Panasonic, mm-hmm. Panasonic streaming 4k Blu-ray player with Dolby vision, whatever that is. And HDR 10 plus ultra HD premium video playback, whatever that is, uh, high res audio. I think I know what that is. And voice assist. 
I don't know what that is. There's like five things in this description that I don't Voices know. Voices just mean, show me the nude scenes is what that translates to. <laughs> Go immediately to the breasts. Yeah. Naked breasts, show them to me. You can just verbally tell it. I don't want to see any buttocks. I want to see breasts. Yeah. Breasts right. only. So. <laughs> then, of course, it just takes me to, you know, pro wrestling, and I'm I'm thinking, no, wrong breasts. <laughs> Those are pectoral muscles, you son of a bitch. Holy crap, there's a $1,000 one. Well, clearly, oh. the price range is wide and varied. Crazy. That, wow. Yeah, that's, that's crazy town. Really? <laughs> Holy crap. Anyway, okay, so... Um, I have not priced these things, but it does appear that one could spend far too much, depending on what you're looking for, I suppose. Um, that, are you still not in the market for one, Troy? Because I know I'm not. Oh, yeah. Actually, I have one. What I did was, I, yeah, a 4K player. Yeah. I, I, what I, as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, and, and like you, I'd sort of acquired a couple of 4K discs that, you know, just, just from people giving them to me or didn't or just, you know, to have the regular Blu-ray to watch. And I was not in a major hurry to get it for play, 4K player, but my all-region player crapped out on me. And so I was going to have to. right. I remember. Yes. So I was going to have to get an all-region Having an all region player on the other hand was something I definitely wanted. And when I was looking for them, I don't remember right off the top of my head what I played, but what I paid for it. But I do know that the I saw that I could get you know, I could get a Blu-ray. I, I knew I had a TV that was capable of showing it. And so as I saw a Blu-ray all-region player that had 4K that really wasn't that much more than without it. So it's not like, well, what the hell? I might as well you know, go ahead and, and get it. And it hasn't made me go out and just, I'm certainly not replacing things that I've, you know, already own with, with 4K versions. Right. You know, I do have, if somebody wants to give me a 4K, you know, if I, if I, or, or if it's a movie I've never owned or don't own, you know, at all that's on 4k i may go ahead and get it that way but you know i'm not i'm trying not to fall into the trap of re replacing things with 4k um but uh but yeah so i do i do have that capability now so yes i have joined the enemy joined the other side there i i should have known nevertheless funny is thinking funny we will one day but yeah well the funniest thing about it is you know of course my my as my eyes my eyesight deteriorates as i go up to you know it's like <laughs> It's like, you know, the, yeah, the, the, it's very funny that, uh, you know, to go these, these, you know, these, these better higher and higher and higher resolution while my eyes are getting worse and worse and worse. You're, you're just chasing normal standard. Yeah. <laughs> it's a normal standard, you know, 1975 television broadcast over the airwaves, just kind of definition, just as it is, as it, as it gains and your eyesight retreats. It's just a, it's a sad, <laughs> sad, sad game that we're playing here. Uh, oh my goodness. So, uh, okay. Well, also, uh, Mr. Perkins says, uh, also, and this is where he starts talking a little bit about, uh, what we've been doing over on the, the wild, wild podcast. He says also in game did have a legitimate release in the UK on Midas VHS. It's funny that you and Adrian, um, said about the, it's funny what you and Adrian said about the huge posters. Uh, my local video rental place in England had one about 10 foot across. And for some completely bizarre reason, my English classroom at school also had a slightly smaller in-game poster on its wall above the blackboard. Oh. <laughs> Strange to think I crossed paths with Joe D'Amato at such a young, impressionable age. I know. Well, that does raise the, beg the question, why is D'Amato not taught in more uh, grade schools, you know? Because they don't want you to know the truth, Troy. Yeah, they, they don't, don't want you to know the yeah, truth. Yeah. I can't even get through that without one treat. Only Joe can show us. Yeah, it's true. It's a truth that only Joe D'Amato can show us all. Uh, well, what, what that what that's a reference to is uh, I was talking about how um, your friend and mine, uh, who joins us on the podcast occasionally, uh, I guess I won't use his his actual name, but he goes by Bobby Hazard when he guests on the show for us. Uh, he has that gigantic in-game poster yeah. that dominates one wall of uh, his uh, his dining room. It's just, it's so massive. He did not know it was going to be that big. It's just gigantic. It's just such a huge poster, and it's lovely. It's a wonderful piece of art, uh, and it's just it's just one of those things where as soon as you see it, you realize, oh, that's too big. But uh, then you've gone too far. You're already there, so you got to do it. You got to do what you got to do. But uh, he ends the email by saying, uh, say hello to Troy for me. So, hello, Troy. Hi. Hi, Darf. And uh, 
This is from, uh, I won't give his full name, but he, he, he goes by Perkins, Ph.D., and in parentheses, that means people hate ducks. Now, I don't understand. I why. don't know what this thing is. I'm not sure how, what this uh, ducks thing was that managed to get him banned from the uh, banned from social media. But uh. <laughs> I, must be pretty a pretty prof- profound, possibly even a religious feeling that he cares to <laughs> to uh, to take it as far as being banned from so many different social pl- social media platforms. But hey, you know, more power to you. You know, uh, yeah, yeah. I, as long as as long as I don't have to, uh, you know, uh, hate ducks and seek them out and destroy them in my spare time, you, you you can feel free to do so. If you want to cook them up, I'll even I'll even go along with that. But um, uh, we we've got uh, uh, one more here. This is one that uh, it's another um, that we got in in late May where people have been. Uh, Let's just put it this way. The episode that uh, Mark Clark and I did on uh, the eight giant bug movies from the 1950s has turned out to be a very popular episode. Cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, a few people have been writing in. We've gotten another one here. Uh, A a fellow named William has written in and uh, has given his order of preference for the eight films, you know, best to worst. And... uh, uh, he's, he's, he does say that there's not too much difference between what our lists were, but uh, but it's just a little a little little bit of difference. And um, you and I know have already talked about what you how we which you feel are the best of the eight, and probably the worst of the eight, mm-hmm. because I know that uh, you you got at least some passing acquaintance with them, because yeah, yeah. you um I know for a fact that there was a period of time there where you were actually using "Keep Watching the Skies," the uh, the classic yeah. the classic genre, uh, yeah, uh, genre uh, book. Um, that and it's essentially trying to work your way through every film in it. Did you accomplish yeah. that feat? I did. Um, with you know, there was there was a yeah the the great book by Bill Warren. Uh, yeah. It's like a, that. Uh, yeah. Um, well, for the most part, I did. I mean, I, I ran across like uh, there was just small two or three that, you know, a small few that I couldn't uh, couldn't hunt down even uh, even on the uh, you know the uh, magic antenna, secret antenna, whatever you know that that. Uh, uh, but for the most part, so I probably saw. I mean, there wasn't many of those. I mean, just about everything can be found, and so so yeah, I, I made my way through them all. So yeah, sure did. That was well, your several year odyssey. I would watch. You know, I wasn't like trying to watch them all in some big long. You know, straight. I would, but it. So it took me several years to get through it. But I would, I would watch one every once in that while, and and that. Uh, yeah, that was that was a fun thing to do. That was, um, God, I saw some horrible stuff, but but it, but got to got to see great stuff. And there was some, of course, some stuff I'd never gotten around to seeing that I didn't, that I really enjoyed, that I didn't realize how good they were. Like one one case in point is the day the earth caught fire. Oh yeah, um, right. Which I, yeah, I'd always been curious to see it, but had no idea as how good that was. So really enjoyed that. Yeah, the day the earth caught fire, I think I caught up with that one. Mm. Oh man, probably, uh, probably back right after it came out on DVD. That's how long it took me. So it's been mm. the twenty, it's been the twenty first century since I caught up with it. But man, just such a great movie, uh, just an exceptional piece of adult science fiction in in its attitudes and in mm-hmm. uh, how it addresses uh, relationships with people and kind of the the dark aspect of the story that's being told in that movie. Just a fantastic movie. Yeah. 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 All right. Let's see here. Oh, this his list. Let me let me get a look. Now here's uh here's William's list of big bug movies. I'll take them in the order he wrote them, which is favorite to least favorite. And oh, no. uh, let's see what everybody has to say. See what your comparisons are here. He goes number one them, which I think is Probably pretty much what everybody would say. Yeah, I'd yes, say it's hard to get around that one. Yeah. Um, then number two, Deadly Mantis. Now that's that's a bit of a. I mean, don't get me wrong. I I completely sympathize because I tend to like Deadly Mantis more than a lot of other people. But uh, putting it in the number two slot, that's bold. Yeah, it's pretty high. Number three, Tarantula. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Number four, The Black Scorpion. See, I tend to like the Black Scorpion more than I do Tarantula, but that's because I love all the stop motion ass kicking in it. I think it's great. Yeah, 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 yeah. Tarant- yeah, yeah. I kind of, I, I know what you're saying. That's a good one. I do like Black Scorpion's fun. It really is. Mm-hmm. Uh, number five, Earth versus the Spider. 
uh, a personal favorite of mine. Uh, I mm-hmm. do love Earth versus the Spider. It is a blast. So I understand putting it there. Beginning of the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I do like beginning of the end. I do think the beginning of the end has the wussiest ending. Uh, yeah, yeah. Beginning of the end would have, ne- have not. I mean, that's it's you know it's fun like most any big bug movie is, but it's not one I'm not, I've ever been like really nuts about. It, except when I was a real little kid. It's kind of like the more I, it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't hold up real well to me in the in my adult years, you know, as much. Well, I think the beginning of the end starts really well. I mean, like for like seventy five percent of the of the running time. It's exactly the movie I want it to be, you know. Mm-hmm. Right? And then you get to that final act, and you're just like, "Wow, this is you, you. You've dragged this down to a crawl. This is terrible. Why are we in this room just hunting for some signal that are going to tell the insects to go away? This is this is sad." Right. <laughs> okay, and uh, and Williams list number seven, Monster from Green Hell. Yeah, it's it's pretty bad. It's not good. Yeah. Yeah. And number eight, Cosmic Monster, which, you know, it's, it's, it's not a good film. It's, it's one that has some stuff in it that I still absolutely, it still has some stuff in it. I, I kind of like to watch. I don't mind rewatching it. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah. I'd kind of agree with that as well. Um, it's always yes, weird getting, getting, you know, it, when you finally do dig out some of the older 1950s films and you, you know, there is always that hope and desire that you're going to stumble across a little gem, a little hidden thing that, you know, for some reason people don't talk about in reverent tones or just don't speak about often enough that you've caught a conversation about it and become curious. And you just, you know, you stumble across one of those things. And occasionally, occasionally you do find one of those rough gems where you're like, wow, this is, this is a blast. I mean, you know, you gave a a good example that day there is called fire, but the, um, the, well, that's from the 1960s, but, um, yeah, but it was, yeah, he got it. He's basically, Warren's book covers it ends like like in the it lands around the early sixties. Like he kinda overlap. You know, he's kind of he kinda where he sort of the vague kind of beginning to the vague kind of end, you know, was sort of was sort of vague, you know, around the early sixties was it was where it sort of ta- finally tapered off there. Yeah. Yeah. But the um um the 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 big bug movies, they're 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 all entertaining. Uh, that's the thing is even as much as I will end up fast forwarding through the boring parts of the monster from green hell, um, mm-hmm. I probably end up still rewatching the movie. You know, yeah. if you give me enough time between viewings to forget yeah. how boring the boring parts <laughs> are. <laughs> but, well, okay. So I have, now I have to ask, I, I don't, I don't know what all criteria you and Mark set, you know, for like, you know, what, what qualifies and what is. So this, this may not, were they were they strictly fifties films that you guys were going over, or were yeah, they just yeah. big? Only, I had to be I had to be released in the nineteen fifties. It had to have a giant bug. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, that's a good list. No, the one he's saying, and I, I agree. Then I would probably have to. I mean, uh, yeah, I think I think them would have to be. You know, it's really hard to top that one. Yeah, uh, it's really, it is. It's, it's it's a fantastic film. It, it's it's hard to complain much about. Them, Tarantula, and the Black Scorpion. And then everybody starts debating, you know, kind of the mid-range ones like Deadly Mantis, Earth vs. the Spider, and Beginning of the End. And people are just kind of all in agreement that, yeah, Monster from Green Hell and Cosmic Monster are just not great. It all depends on your tastes, I guess. Uh, now we have one more email. I think I sent you a copy of it, so you could probably read that out. But at the same time, before we do that, let's talk about the the failed attempt of Adrian. Adrian, my 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 uh, my cohorting crime over on Wild Wild Podcast. He attempted to send us a voicemail, which is simply terrible. I emailed him and 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 asked him just what in the world happened here, and he listened back to it and he went, "I don't know how that." Yeah, I mean, tell Adrian we know the British favor the wax wax cylinders, but uh, um, you know, really, you need to need to kind of kind of step up with the times there, my friend, and you know, at least at least you know at least get a an old memory, at least get an old uh, you know um, Radio Shack you know handheld you Any, know yeah. record yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, we we've suffered through voicemails from him where he's in a it sounds like he's in a windstorm being attacked by seagulls and uh, yeah possibly being yeah. mugged. We weren't really positive. 
we're going we're going to talk about what we think Adrian wants to talk about. Well, so what he said is he wrote he wrote back and he says, "Sheesh, I don't know why that sounds so terrible. Never mind. It was just a message about stunt rock." Um, I mean, there's your clue right there. It just <laughs> it just anything anything related to stunt rock is just bound to go off the rails. There, it's okay. it's, it's gonna go wrong. Hang <laughs> on, hang on. Well, okay, so this I guess would be our opportunity to talk a little bit about. Uh, about stunt rock and um, since since you weren't on the episode that I did with uh, the other two lunatics Hudson and Bobby Hazard, uh, what uh, what what are your thoughts on stunt rock? What is your what is your opinion of that crazed film? Yeah, well, no, see, my opinion on stunt rock is that I've I've not seen it actually. Oh wow, really? No, I've not. I, I I want to, and I wanted to as much as you guys have been talking about doing it for so long. And and after listening to your show, which was thoroughly entertaining, I mean, it sounds like something I I must see. You know, it's it's. But no, Stun Rock is actually not something that I've seen. Well, that's that's wild because it's uh, apparently the other night you listened to our episode on the subject, and I did it, while you yes. while you were gardening at night. Hello, yes, REM, no. REM fans everywhere. But yeah. Yes, I was. It was yes, but I, I put it yes. I did listen to it so. Yeah, normally I'm not one of those weirdos who listen to a show about a movie before I see the movie, but in this case, I just really, well, wanted to hear you guys talk on it, and uh, you made me want to see the movie, which you know is maybe not have been your. You don't feel guilty though about that, but uh, <laughs> but, uh, but that is, but I, you know, I think I think uh, I think inside of a good podcast show, even if most of the show, even if it's a show where mostly they're telling you don't ever see this film, like we did uh, when we did Paul Nash's, uh, you know, uh, Shadows of Blood or whatever, you know, when we were yeah. saying like. We are saying, please, under no circumstances, watch this film. We probably caused a lot of people to watch that movie uh, because that's kind of because if you give a good discussion on a film, even if it's a bad one, you know that's then 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 that you you make it sound interesting enough to for people to see. But no, Stone Rock sounds like a lot of fun, and I do want to see it. But uh, but yeah, I know. Uh, but the director I'm certainly familiar with. With uh, I, I there's I don't think I've seen enough of near as much of uh, Brian Trenchard Smith's films as you and, and and ryan and hudson have but i've seen certainly seen a few of them and and man what a crew what a what a varied career that guy had oh yeah well that that's the that's the thing is i love brian trichard smith even though i think that he's made a number of movies that are not great uh he's mm-hmm. he also thinks he's made a number of movies that aren't great yeah. you know but well, in fact in fact he said stunt rock was the worst one i believe he was quoted yeah. as saying that he said it's probably the worst one he's ever made but i mean you know he he did Turkey Shoot, which was released here in the states as Escape Two Thousand, mm-hmm. and we did an, we did an episode a, a couple of years ago about yeah. that movie. Um, mm-hmm. People don't take that as some kind of through line. We're not going to be doing uh, an ongoing series of Brian Trenchard Smith episodes, <laughs> at, at least I hope not, because that would be that would get painful fairly quick. But the uh, the uh, he he did you know he did dead end drive in and now that's that's one I really enjoyed I mean okay. that was one that, like I really I think that one uh, yeah it was funny because I was really surprised you know uh, our our buddy Bobby Hazard uh, who always always specializes in being contrary you know I was I was I brought that one up to him and he said that's not one he cares about much I was like Are you kidding me that was I just thought he would like I thought he'd be all about that film but he said that's too yeah but I really yeah, for him. I know but I just think that film just is visually amazing i mean it just looks so so incredible especially on the blu-ray release now you know but it's just it's just amazing the design uh in that film is incredible well i just like i like the story a lot. yeah yeah that's it pretty it's like pretty darn interesting it really is kind of pop kind of a post-apocalyptic story it's a very interesting Mm -hmm. take on things but i mean i well i will say this though when i finally got around to one of his better uh his better talked about films one that's praised fairly frequently the Siege of Firebase Gloria, I was a little underwhelmed. I just was not all that impressed with it. It's ni- 1988, and uh, I've always heard really good things about it, very positive things in general. And uh, it's got Ar- you know Arlie Ermey and Wings Hauser, and I've just heard a lot of a lot of people praise it over the years. And I found it to be kind of not all that impressive. Yeah, I didn't think it was bad. It's just that maybe I maybe it got built up a little to uh, to be something in my mind that uh, a little something yeah. more than I thought it possibly could have been. It just, I, I wasn't that thrilled by it. I'm, I'm hoping that one day I'll go back to it and watch it with a, with, with a different attitude maybe and, and enjoy it more. But then I'll be honest, I've missed a number of his movies because he's made so many over the years and so much of it is, is direct to video stuff like strike of the Panther and out of the body. 
you know, these are late eighties movies that I have never, ever run across once. And well, it says he had a tendency to get just tabbed when somebody else got fired and they just like brought him in to get out. So <laughs> finish this up. Yeah. Well, it's, you know, it, it's hilarious to me that within one decade, like he began the two thousands by making, you know, my gosh, one of those Megado films, which, you know, I'm, I just, whether, you know, how in the world did he get roped into doing, you know, a Megado film, but then he finishes the yeah, decade. It's, by it's Omega code two. Yeah. Right. Megiddo. By the way, Megiddo. I've watched that film. And oh my God. It is gloriously bad. <laughs> it seems so. Oh, it, I'd probably honestly, it's chew, it's chew on the scenery gloriously bad. <laughs> Michael York brings every bit of acting over the topness that he can bring to it because he knew exactly what was required. <laughs> oh man. Uh, well, it's, there's, well, like I said, and then he finishes the decade, as you guys mentioned on the Star Rock show, by doing this bizarre sequel to Porky's that nobody knows about. You know? Oh, yeah. Well, it turns out that, yeah, it's called Pimpin' Pee Wee. Turns out that that was done. Uh, at the behest of Bob Clark, who was listed as one of the co-writers, uh, that was done at the behest of those pe- of, of those folks, so that they could retain the uh, rights to uh, either the original films or the characters or something like that. I can't remember exactly what the story was, but yeah, the, they they needed to produce a film, mm-hmm. and so we got a a fourth Porky's film that nobody knows about. It's just this. <laughs> It's, oh man! Oh, I know it's completely nuts. Here, let's see what it says. Um, um, uh, the, 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 in nineteen ninety four, a company called Lontano Investments purchased all rights to Porky's. Now, in two thousand one, Lontano signed a contract with Mola Entertainment, giving the latter exclusive rights to produce a Porky's film in exchange for one point five percent of the budget of the picture, less option fees. Now, the agreement. Mm-hmm gave this Mola Entertainment the right to produce another sequel if satis- as if it satisfied the conditions of the deal, including completing the first picture within five years and paying the purchase price uh, purchase fee in whole. This agreement was subs- subsequently amended a number of times, extending that time. And Mola originally wanted to, to make a film with a budget of around $10 million, but were unable to raise the, the money, so they decided to make a film in 2009 for under a million before its rights expired. It was originally called Porky's the College Years. It was later renamed Porky's Pimpin' Pee-wee. <laughs> Brian Trichard Smith said, As time was running out, they thought, let's whip up this cheap one and bury it. So Brian <laughs> Trichard, he said he, he was hired to direct uh, yeah. four yeah. weeks before shooting began. Wow. That's shooting it. took place over 15 days on location in Canyon County, California, and at a studio in Simi Valley, California, and in uh, October 2008, says the film was designed as an homage to the 80s sex comedies where there are raging hormones that cause characters to defy logic and moral scruples in the search for the Holy Grail, which is, of course, to get laid. The The, the film was, a, was, was an attempt to update stuff from the original films, but basically it was just done so that somebody somewhere was, a, you know, could, could keep, keep, get some money and, and yeah. not, and not, you know, and, and essentially not lose the right to make money yeah. on something that they already paid money for. Yeah. Well, and, and you, you guys probably mentioned this on the Turkey shoot show, but now I can't remember cause it's been a while since I listened to it, but I didn't realize that he, last thing he did was executive produced like a remake of Turkey shoot, I guess. Is that what the, in 2014, I see something listed in his, in his filmography, like in 2014, another version of Turkey shoot. Oh, 24. Oh, there was a remake. You're right. There was a remake of Turkey shoot. Yeah. And it just says that he just, yeah, it was, he wasn't, it was, he just produced it. He didn't write or direct it. But it was shot in Australia, and it's 2014. But I, I take it from your reaction that you have not seen that one. So. I know I still have not seen that. But yeah, you're. Uh, we did talk a little bit about the fact that they uh, that there was a remake of it made um, mm-hmm. called once again Turkey Shoot. Uh, I don't know if it's any good or not. I don't know if it's yeah. garbage. I have no idea. Uh, right. Dom- Dominic Purcell is somebody I'll I'll you know I'll gladly watch in a movie. I have no problem with that. But. Uh, it also has Nicholas Hammond playing a general. TV <laughs> Spider-Man. TV Spider-Man. That's right. <laughs> oh, it has Roger Ward, too, from uh, from the original Turkey Shoot. Oh, wow. And also from, you know, from a number of Australian films, including the uh, including Mad Max. But um, oh. 
Yeah, uh, if I'll, I'll put it this way, uh, I'm more than willing to watch the remake of Turkey Shoot just out of curiosity, if nothing else. But True. the opportunity has not yet presented itself. So, and I've obviously not, you know, gone way out of my way to right. to do this. Um, but of course, we haven't even mentioned the Leprechaun films. You know, the Leprechaun Three, which are nuts. Yeah. Yeah, uh, well, here's the weird thing is uh, I have not yet gotten to his Leprechaun. Vi- I, I have all of the Leprechaun films. Mm-hmm. I know, everybody. Stop applauding. Stop applauding. I know. I, yes, I, it cost me, I think, less than $10 to own all of the Leprechaun films. Now, of course, one then wonders, why did I decide to burn $10? by, by <laughs> Because Leprechaun, let's, let's be clear. In my opinion... The Leprechaun series may be in the running, along with the Children of the Corn series, as the series of horror films, the franchise that has never actually had a good movie. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah. Um, it's, this, I, it, it's, a, it's a long-term plan to try to watch all the Leprechaun films. I've seen the first two. They're not good. No. Uh, I plan to now watch eventually, maybe this October, I'll get around to three and four. Similarly, because uh, yeah. Brian Trenchard Smith made them, and to be honest, four is Leprechaun Four in space, so I'm already on board. Uh, yeah, <laughs> but you know, it's it's not like I'm gonna, you know, it's not it's not like I'm chomping at the bit and and trying to you know hold my fire. I will say this though: if uh, we had enough beer and enough of us in the same room, I would gladly watch the the Omega Code Two Megiddo again because <laughs> yeah. it is entertainingly ridiculous uh oh man the once you you get into the 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 religious batshit craziness uh Uh, the omega code stuff oh man it's it it can't help but be fun (laughs) it just it 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 can almost fall on its face and still be just fun (laughs) um because they're so it's trying to be so serious and they really it, it too many people involved honestly treat it as if they're they're filming something akin to scriptural scriptural text. It's incredible. Oh God, I love those <laughs> those terrible terrible movies. There were so many of them around the around oh, yeah. the, the millennium, the turn of the, the turn of the century. It was yeah. great. Well, they were trying to get them all made before everything ended because it was. You know, <laughs> we gotta make this money now. Yeah, this will this will get them into the churches. Come on. So did Adrian clarify, uh, like, you know, I had a question. He was obviously referring to Smith's book. I didn't know if he's, well, now, I know Smith. To me before about Brian Trenchard Smith's, uh, apparently the book that he wrote about his career, life and career, he says it's fantastic. And is that the, which, okay, that's the adventures in the B movie trade or whatever it's yep. called, I guess. Yeah. Okay. I wanted to make sure that that was the one he meant and not like a newer one, but I think that one just came out of couple of years ago anyway. So I figured that's the one that he was talking about. I'd love to read that. I bet it's fascinating. Yeah. It's one that I, it's one that, uh, it, it, well, it did, it, the adventures in the boom B movie tree didn't come out until 2020. Yeah. Okay. So it is pretty recent. It's a pretty recent book, but it is supposed to be fantastic. It is definitely one that I intend to intend to eventually read. It's, it's one of those, it sounds like it's going to be a, a great companion piece to something like, uh, you know, Don Coscarelli's book about his life and career too. But mm-hmm. the, um, but, but well, well, with Brian Churchard Smith, I think Brian Churchard Smith is just a naturally funnier guy, so it'll probably be more entertaining. Yeah. It'll it'll be more amusing. I'll put it that way. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's it's I, it's one that I do intend to eventually watch, just because he's. I mean, eventually read, just because he's he is so much fun as a as an interview subject. I can only imagine how much fun the book will be. Adventures in the B movie trade. But yeah, I think that's what Adrian was talking to us about. <laughs> It's hard to it's hard to know because the audio was so terrible. Ah, <laughs> uh, well, let's see. We've got one more, um, yep. one more. I sent it to you. Yeah, and this it. uh, this is going to dovetail with something else we'll talk about that this will bring up immediately. So go ahead and read this. This is out. This is from uh, a good buddy of ours. Yes, yeah, so Chris Herzog, and we uh, really appreciate Chris writing to us as always. And he says, uh, "Hi, Rod and Troy." He's talking about, and he's he's talking about the Spider Woman. Just to let you know, he's referring. He's uh, the Sherlock Holmes film. Yeah. Yes, the Sherlock Holmes film we did on the Bloody Pit as part of our uh, Universal Horrors uh, of the '40s series. He says, "I love this movie, but we need to talk about Angelo Rizzito, the little pygmy, the the little pygmy that's in the film." Is what he's referring to. Yeah, yeah. Doesn't doesn't have any dialogue, but is very clearly right. on screen so that we get a good look at him for a little while. Yeah, 
It says Angelo was two foot eleven inches and started at the age of eighteen in films in nineteen twenty seven. His movies included Seven Footprints to Satan, uh, which was made by director Benjamin Christensen, who also did uh, Hacksand, the famous witchcraft film. Uh, he was in Freaks, most famously. He was in The Wizard of Oz. Uh, he was in The Corpse Vanishes, Invasion of the Saucer Men, uh, Roger Corman's The Trip, H.R. Uh, Puffin Stuff series. He played uh, both Clang and Seymour Spider. Uh, he was in Galaxina. He was in Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome as the Master. And finally, he was in Star Trek The Next Generation Season 1, Episode 1, Encounter at Farpoint. He was 79 years old, a pretty good run. He has about 70 films altogether. And Chris finishes by saying, anyway, I thought it was important and can't wait to talk about Intersanctum. Yes, yes. So I have to so admit, this, I, missed, I missed it completely. Yeah. yeah. Me too. Me too. And I feel so ashamed uh, uh, that uh, I can't believe we missed that that was Angelo Rosito um, as the pygmy. Uh, yeah. Well, the fact that it was, you know, master of Master Blaster fame, and I missed it. That's, I mean, it's like, don't get me wrong. It's not like I did, uh, it's not like I didn't look at him and go, oh, I, man, I think I, I know I've seen that guy in a lot of things, and I just didn't follow through on where I might have seen him, because then, of course, I would, I would have, I would have probably lost my mind just babbling about him being master and beyond Thunderdome. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I did, uh. I did miss that because that's that, and that's a sad thing. It is. We should we should not have missed that. And then and actually, yeah, Chris, you were absolutely right to bring that up. And now I will say, Chris, though, I am disappointed and kind of a bit surprised that after all those career highlights you mentioned, you didn't really mention what should be at the very top of his resume is that he was also in the Al Adamson classic Dracula versus Frankenstein, which I know is one of Rod. I know it's one of Rod's personal favorites. There. Oh God! Oh man! I I have. Um, it, it's only been in the past month or so. It's actually been since we were at Monster Bash back last month that I have decided that I am going to eventually sit down and rewatch for the first time in twenty some odd years that particular god awful Al Adamson film just, just to see if it's as bad as my memory tells me it was. Um, <laughs> Because you know my my the details of the, my memory has faded over the years, mainly because I probably really really wanted it to, but I'm going to revisit that movie. Uh, I don't know that I want to do uh, an episode of the podcast featuring that movie, but I do. Feel, you know, you got you got your Huckleberry right here if you do want to do, do that. what you. Yeah, yeah. Wait, wait, wait! Would you have some severe affection for that film? I do. It's 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 not good, but I love that movie. I do. I haven't. I wasn't aware. This was this like this, now. I know we found like this some bela- be- be- bizarre fetish porn interest that you have that I've never learned about. How did you get this hidden? There are two. Uh, there are two Al Adamson films I love, and they're both bad, but they're both I love them. Is uh, that one and uh, uh, Cas- and uh, Dracula's Castle or Castle of Dracula, whatever title it goes under. Uh, Blood of Dracula's Castle, maybe. Well, I can't even remember now. It's gone under several titles, but. But uh, yeah, if you want to, yeah, you should watch. You should watch. Maybe you can watch them both, and we'll do a dual. You do a double film, do a double feature episode. Oh God, I don't know that I could can make myself sit through two <laughs> Al Adams films. I just don't know about that, man. That's yeah, yeah. Well, well, like I said, I could talk about either one of those, and also uh, uh, because yeah, those those are those are my two Al Adams and uh, uh, that I, I really have a have a deep affection for. So. So yeah, let's you know if you but but yes, I'm not if you if you I would totally understand understand if. If uh, you don't want to devote that that uh, an episode to them, but uh, you should watch them regardless. Though at some point you should you should check them out. It's, it's, and then nothing else. Like nothing else. Yeah, <laughs> I would su- I suggest you do. I'd suggest you do those before you do grunt anyway. So oh well, dude, I'm never doing grunt. Let's 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 be clear about that. I mean, broken glass, uh, sour milk, rotten eggs. Um, lava enemas. No, none of these things are going to happen. It's just a, no, 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 not happening. Uh, but you know, I have been, co- I, I, I've coaxed myself into dipping my toes back into the Al Adamson well. And it's, I know I'm going to regret it, but part of me is it's, it's that, you know, I know the stove is on, but I'm going to touch it anyway, kind of thing. So, but, uh, this brings up uh, something else that someone else pointed out, uh, something else that, I, I actually had in my notes when we were when we were covering the Spider Woman, but it completely got away from me as our, as our discussion went on. 
Mm-hmm. And, we, and I kind of ran out of time and didn't think about it while we were recording, um, ignored it in my notes, which is that uh, one of the reasons that Gail Sondergaard and Basil Rathbone probably strike sparks and are so good together in that film is that they worked together before. They were both in um, uh, The Mark of Zorro uh, oh. together. Oh, okay, and cool. I had completely forgotten about that fact uh, nice. while... I was while we were recording. I had a note just to bring up the Mark of Zorro. Of course, one of the reasons this just to be clear, if if I started bringing up the Mark uh, the Mark of Zorro, the nineteen forty film, that's a rabbit hole that I would just dive straight down because I absolutely love the Mark of Zorro. I think that it is one of the greatest mm-hmm. adventure films ever yeah. made in Hollywood. It is such a great movie. It's so it's yeah. it's 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 perfection from top to bottom. It's so much fun, and I do want to eventually one day do an episode devoted to it and talk about it in depth. It, it's it's one of the, it's one of the movies that I actually uh, actually years ago bought the bought a printed version of the screenplay and went through one time while watching it again. And uh, it's just it's I really really love <laughs> the Mark of Zorro. It is such a great movie. Tyrone Power is amazing in that film. And of course, you know, any movie with Tyrone Power, Basil Rathbone, Gail Sordegard, Linda Dardell, it's 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 gonna be high up on my list. It's just so good. But yeah, I completely we while while we were recording, it just completely escaped my attention. I completely forgot it. You know, it's one of them three or four notes that I that I made that I thought, oh, I'll just remember that and did not bother to look down at the paper and then it's over. The show's yeah. ended, and somebody goes, well, what about the Marcos of the World? God, you're right. Okay. <laughs> so my bad on that one, for sure. Yeah. Well, well, Chris, uh, thank you for your email. And uh, this, it gives me, I'm, I'm glad to see the way he said he can't wait to talk about Inner Sanctum, because when we, our last show, we, we mentioned that because we are going to be doing two Inner Sanctum films per episode that, you know, if there was people that were disappointed at us not giving each movie its own episode, feel free to, to, contribute to our discussion by writing stuff and sending stuff in. So hopefully we'll get some yeah. good thoughts here from Chris on that. So, yeah. Exactly. And of course, also uh, this summer, you and I are hoping to wrangle our uh, our third Fulci uh, fanatic and try to sit down and finally do an episode on Fulci's Conquest, which is, mm-hmm. uh, I, Look, I, I think I'm the one who 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 pointed the direction, pointed the, <laughs> pointed the yeah. exploitation meter in that direction. So, uh, <laughs> Oh, that's going to be a fun one. Yeah. 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 Uh, so those are the things coming up uh, in the near future. Yeah. We're going to be doing something again with Bob Sargent soon. And we won't say what it is right now because uh, <laughs> you will be astounded. You will be amazed, astounded. And it will be, it will be here on the bloody pit. There's a part of me that kind of wants to throw it up on the, uh, the Nashi cast feed as well, just for the sheer hell of it. But uh, it doesn't really fit over there. It'll be a, it'll be a bloody pit episode. Yeah. Oh man. The, the topic of that particular episode. But um, I just I just wanted to to uh, point out that, once again, uh, if you're curious, if you want to hear more of me babbling about all kinds of god-awful stuff, uh, I do have a Patreon page over on Patreon. You can give me money. Give me yes. all of your money. Pay the man. It's under my name, Rod Barnett. Uh, I just, uh, basically, it's Rod's Rants and Reviews, or Reviews and Rants. That kind of depends on how you want to if you want to come at it, I man, the, the 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 topics I cover are pretty far and wide. I talked about everything from Fantastic Four movies to uh, the Phantom, uh, Darker Than Night, the 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 nineteen seventy five Mexican horror film, Mister Wong Detective. Now that those are yeah, on Blu Ray, I uh, did an extended run through the uh, the five Indiana Jones films after seeing the uh, the uh, the the latest and I'm assuming last of those films. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, it's, it's, it's fun. It's loose. It's a bit underproduced because it's just got the kind of thing I'm doing minimal editing on. Uh-huh. And it, it, it's, it's fun. And it is neat to know that there are people out there who actually give a shit enough to actually throw $3 my way. Yeah. What's all it to, uh, listen to me, um, you know, say stupid shit. I don't know. Talk about things that yeah. I like. It's, That's cool. cool. It's, it's kind of nice. Yeah. Also. Yeah. Uh, Troy and I do have another uh, commentary that will eventually be coming out. Um, mm-hmm. I'm I'm beginning to to suspect that it might not come out 
Well, if it comes out, it's going to come out late this year. Uh, we are still under under title embargo. I guess that's a good way to put it. We can't yeah, talk right. openly about what the movie is. Yeah. Uh, because uh, it has not yet been announced publicly. Also, Adrian and I have got another one under our belt. Um, and that one is about to be announced, I think, late in July of this year. So that one will get uh, some attention then. Adrian and I have recorded. This will be Adrian and I's second commentary together. And um, funny, funny story there, Troy, I'll tell you. Um, and I guess I'm just putting this out there in the world. Troy and I record, I mean, uh, Troy, uh, Adrian and I were recording this one and we kind of recorded this track in three chunks mm-hmm. because we just kind of, kind of, you kind of have to take breaks at certain points, yeah. get something to drink, go to the bathroom, kind of get your thoughts together and, and, and go in for the next chunk of the story and film. But the, uh, we, we had gotten down to the last, uh, the last chunk of it, the very end of the movie, but the roughly the last 20 minutes. We got it recorded, and then we were finished. And we were done. There was a big sigh of relief when Adrian realized that something had happened, and the recording of the last the last chunk was unusable. It was garbage. Oh, yeah. So, so let me. So he recorded it the same way he recorded the message he just sent us on that. <laughs> no, no, it wasn't quite that bad. It was it was a weird computer glitch that happened at a certain point. Uh, it was really strange. I don't know exactly why or how it happened. It was. It was odd, and it seems to have something connected. But because it's at a at a certain point, we actually had to change from one uh, over the internet audio. It, I can't remember. I, I can't remember if we were on Zoom. We were on initially on one thing, and then we had to switch to Zoom because something happened with that one. And it's when we made that switch that everything went wrong. And so, uh, oh my God. A, Adri- Adrian, uh, Adrian yeah. got to hear me use every version of the word "fuck" that is humanly imagined, <laughs> and. Oh, that's it's almost like having happen. It's just good that you know we don't typically keep like you know samurai little knives, you know swords, you know around us, you know with with you know that we don't don't get it with the we do with the the cloth already wrapped around our bellies, you know, and our and the somebody standing behind us with a a sword ready to finish us off when you know it was terrible. It was it was a freaking nightmare. Not that you and I haven't been in similar positions no, in the past. We don't know. No, we don't know what that's like. <laughs> we have no idea what it's like to have some kind of computer shit can an entire recording. Oh, no idea at all. No, but uh, but it was. But we we kind of we rallied. We took another break, got ourselves something to drink, calmed down, and came back and re-recorded the last twenty minutes. And I'll be honest, I think the the track is better for it. I think that yeah, sometimes that can happen that way yeah. too. Yeah. Because we remembered, we'd just done it. So we remembered exactly what we were talking about. And because I was, you know, I was leading in with one particular thing, which led to another, led to another, led to another. And so we just essentially recreated it without, uh, without uh, a few pauses and flubs that had happened while we were first doing it. And I think honestly, it, it gives the, it gives the track a stronger finish than we initially recorded. And so it, to my mind, it's all to the good, but man, it didn't feel that way at the moment, at the, in, in the moment, you know, <laughs> Oh, it was rough. It was not fun. Yeah, very, very glad that people ha- are enjoying both the uh, the uh, the giant bug episode that I did with Mark, and uh, of course the continuing uh, Universal Horror stuff that we're doing. Uh, yeah, dispersed with well now. Even like I say, we're about to hit the Inner Sanctum stuff. But like I say, yep. later this summer, uh, Conquest, mm-hmm. the mysteries film that will leave people in suspense about with Bob Sargent. Yep. <laughs> Ooh, man, that one's a, yeah, that one's a, that's an interesting. And yes, yes, it is to say the least. <laughs> well worth, well worth covering though, in my opinion. Yeah. A lot, yeah. A lot to have fun with there. Yeah. It's, it's fun. It's going to be fun to actually have this, this podcast swing really hard back toward the Euro, uh, the Euro trash yeah. exploitation stuff that, uh, was such a hallmark of it for so many years. I think we're, we're squarely centering that again this year. So, um. Oh my goodness! Right, yeah. yeah, and so people, I want to thank all of you for uh, for tuning in and listening to us. And remember, if you want to contribute to the mailbag or any email podcast that we do in the future, the address is thebloodypit at gmail We would love to hear from you. Give us your favorite bug movies, whether they're in the nineteen fifties or not. Uh, tell us your favorite Muscle Man movies. Hey, I don't care. Tell us all about them. What is your favorite post-apocalyptic film? I'll talk about it with Adrian. I'll talk about it with Troy. I'll talk about it with anybody. Because they're, because you know, honestly, they're fun. 
Troy, have you seen uh, Exterminators of the Year 3000? The one that, we, that Adrian and I covered most recently on the show? That is one of the ones I have not seen. I've seen quite several from that era there, that period, you know, like yeah. when they when they have several from, but I, that is one I'm pretty sure I own it, but just haven't watched it yet. So, I got to tell I, you, it's, yeah. it's a good, it's a good one. The, 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 the car, the car action sequences are really kind of amazing. Cool. Yeah. The car. Yeah. I love it. It's great. Yeah. Well, I, I love the Italian post-apocalyptic stuff is just, just great. So, so that's one I'm definitely planning to get to. So, uh, if you're curious about the, uh, post-apocalypse, that's what we're covering over on the, uh, wild, wow. wild podcast these days. Troy, thank you once again for coming in yeah. and, uh, helping me out with this email, uh, email podcast episode. Yeah. And, um, if, uh, if all things, all things come together properly we'll be hitting the inner sanctum before the end of the summer and uh dipping back into the Ful- fulci pool yeah hey so many fun so many fun things on the horizon so uh troy thank you very much yes. everyone else thank-, thank you for listening and so troy do you have any parting words any w- words of wisdom for the for the poor souls out there listening to us now only this i'm am troy gwen I thought you were about to spiel out some some off quote, some like so, something like Sun Tzu or something, some beautiful thing. No, or no, just a damn name, and that's enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That am <laughs> that is my my name shall suffice. All right, <laughs> folks, thank you for listening, and we will talk to you again soon.